This is Strange Assembly, episode 93, Humanity's Shadow. Okay, Jay, say some really bad pun about shadows or something. That's what you do, right? Really bad pun about shadows. There, does that work? It really doesn't, unless you're you, in which case, well... Yeah. <laughs> You've never met him, but I have a friend, Brian, who uh, who would inevitably, if you said something like, so what's up, he'd be like, the ceiling. Ceiling. Light fixtures. Yes. Airplanes. Yes, yes. You, my, you, my, he could just make deadpan comments back and forth at each other. My dad's favorite is rent. <laughs> well, I am Chris Stevenson, the other gentleman on the line who i think has a terrible sense of humor but it's probably just that i have a terrible sense of humor or maybe we uh, both do not, not mutually exclusive is jay earl <laughs> and this is strange assembly your tabletop gaming podcast we are going to talk today about the latest data pack for android netrunner which is humanity's shadow so by all you l5r players Yes. Nice to stay in for the whole two minutes or so. Yes. See you next week. Normally I'd lead this off by talking about what we we did at the regionals, where I think we had at least four L5R people make the top eight or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, But this is getting a little stale, I think, for Humanity Shadow, much less for what happened at our regionals. Shock, I played HB Criminal. Oh my gosh. Yes, I'm the crazy one. Yes. Doing NBN noise. NBN noise. But uh, I suppose we could take a moment to kind of roll my eyes. Did you see the name of the second cycle of data packs? I saw it and I've already forgotten it. It's the spin cycle. Oh, yes. And and I get the that... The no okay, truth zone. Yeah, well, it's about, yeah, it's about publicity and whatnot, but... I gotta admit, I have a hard time seeing that, and I'm like, so this cycle all the is about Maytag, machines, yeah. Yeah, all the Maytag jokes, yes. <laughs> like, uh, good. Anyhow, uh, Humanity Shadow is, as usual, 20 cards, play sets of three of each, even the one that is a faction and you can only use one of in your deck. Or an, I, sorry, it's not a faction in this game, it's an identity. I, does anyone care if I get that term right? You, what do you think, Jay? No. Okay. I'm, I'm going to keep calling them uh, forts, so I could care less if I'm right or not. <laughs> so, I guess we could start at the biggest population of cards in this, which is unsurprisingly for the criminals, because they got the new identity. Andromeda dispossessed Risty. Apparently, Risty means aristocrat. It's interesting because Andromeda feels like a shaper. She's got more cards and she's got Link. What's up with that? No, yeah, I I definitely feel like I want to compare her to Chaos Theory. In fact, I would say the only advantage she has over Chaos Theory is the fact that she doesn't have to pay influence for criminal cards. Well, the advantages that she has over Chaos Theory are she starts with Link and she's starts with more cards in hand. I mean, starting with more cards in hand is actually better than having a deck that's smaller by the same amount. True. I mean, and I... It, what, do you get four extra cards with her? Although... 
Yeah, if you don't play all of them, you're pitching early. I guess you're just pitching a lot early, so it's right. more like card cycle than extra cards. But that could be fairly good, too. Unless you have uh, public sympathy in your opening hand. Huh? Well, I mean, also, I mean, the, the criminal cards are relatively strong events often, so it's not that bad to, oh, my opening turn, I'm gonna drop a breaker, force activation something in front of your hand, uh, and then account siphon you, and something else from hand. I've played by four and done pretty well with that turn, so it's not like it's hard to play the four cards. No, no. And she does have Link, which is mattering more and more, I think. It is, but I, I would much rather prefer the Ram than the Link. I'm not saying Chaos Theory is bad or she's better than Chaos Theory or, or, or something like that, but I don't think it's a direct comparison in the same way. I mean, I guess they both have some sort of card filtery thing, but yes, yeah, so I would rather have an extra MU than an extra Link right, as well, yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> certainly she has potential and does a completely different set of stuff sort right. of I, I mean I guess you're the you're the criminal so you've still got to run on HQ a lot right I mean that's that's the one thing is the I don't want to be horribly insulting but the new player is going to be like oh she doesn't have the gain two every time run HQ I don't have to protect HQ anymore no Criminal still desperately wants in your hand. All of their cards are going after it. Yeah, well... She has slightly less benefit for doing it, but she's still going in HQ. You still need to protect your hand against her. Yes, and there's there might still be uh, sneak doors running around. and But right. I, mean, I, I think people are... You're usually protecting your hand anyway. Right, but so, generally... And I, I don't know about you, but what I usually do with my with my opening ice is I'll put the stronger ice in front of R&D and the weaker ice in front of HQ, and with criminals, I switch that. <laughs> stronger and weaker, that's mostly, okay, which one's the barrier, which one's the code gate half the time? Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it, it does depend on the deck makeup. Uh, sometimes it'll be like, which one can I actually afford to res right now is stronger, weaker? <laughs> A what? You... You don't always draw the two three costs in your hand along with the uh, the hedge fund. Nope. No, you should work I, on that. I, I should work on that since that cost me several games. Mulligan more aggressively, sir. No, no, no. That's the problem. Is uh, there was at least one game where I mulliganed away a hand with no ice and came out with a hand with one ice. Well, it's yeah, a card game. Yeah. <laughs> there are three other criminal cards in here, uh, including a virus for the criminals. And, and and speaking of the HQ things, two of them are specifically about running on HQ. You've got HQ Interface, which lets you access two cards from HQ. What? Which... One, one additional. So okay, yes. first one is two, second one is three, third one, if you're insane, is four. I'm not enthused. To, it's so expensive. Yeah, I, I don't like this card. HQ is not really where you care about seeing multiple... I mean, it's not horrible in that it's... over. If you're making multiple runs on HQ in one turn, it's better to see more cards than it is to see... to 
if there was an R&D interface, the same thing against R&D, because you'd probably just be seeing the same cards, whereas HQ, you might be getting different. But, yeah, uh, paying four for... Paying four and a click to put something out there, and now you're getting two cards when HQ is really such a crapshoot. Well, and I think that with R&D you're seeing fresh stuff. And so actually right. I think an R&D interface could be better because oh, it could no. partially, I mean, I, it would let you, uh, it, you know, yes, you may be seeing the same cards, but what really that means is that, okay, you only have to run on R&D every other yeah. turn for the same effect, or it makes it harder for them to draw to get around running on R&D. Whereas something like HQ interface is the best right at the start of the game when they might be stuck with agendas in their hand. Right. Except I mean, that's, that's when you can't afford it. Right. That's really the problem with, with accessing HQ in general is it's what the core knows about. R&D, they have no idea. Nobody has any idea what's coming in there. You could get lucky. You could get not. With HQ, they know if you're going to be running HQ. They know what cards are in there. If there's something they don't want you to get, they can throw it into a different server, put some ice on it. So I feel like you shouldn't... Unless they've gotten a really bad draw, you should not be getting agendas out of HQ very often. Now, the other HQ-specific thing, uh, which I like better, except there's a real MU issue going on, is so which would probably stop it from functioning, is pheromones. Because you want to run on HQ over and over and over again, and... If you can actually get a pheromones online and just plow into to HQ, that could generate a lot or make the corpse spend a turn purging. Right, yes. If, if criminal didn't already have memory issues, pheromones would be awesome for them of having these recurring credits to get into HQ where they want to be getting anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, there's that. There's no real other synergy with it being a virus. It's not like noise where, hey, yeah, I'm, random I'm not gonna, that I want that's also a virus, it's a bonus. I'm not going to put this in noise just to discard off the top. I've got enough random viruses over there. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, the criminal gets no synergy off of it. And, and the final criminal card is networking, which is meta. It seems playable. I don't know if it will ever actually get in, but... It, it, it's one of those cards... And now I wish I could remember which one I was saying this about before, where it's good, strong meta for something that isn't really happening right now, so it's not going to make it in decks. But if tagging out other, outside of the sea source Scorched Earth starts becoming more prevalent, networking becomes a lot more interesting. Now, th that said... That said, networking does also have a proactive use in criminal with your account siphons and other, I'm gaining my own tags. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because in the, obviously as a desperation move, you can just toss it to, to remove a tag, but it's basically once you draw networking for the rest of the game, it costs, well, or until you get net damaged. Uh, right. It, you know, as long as you've got it around, it, it just reduces the cost to remove tags by one, essentially. Right. Uh, which is, yeah, which is not trivial, which is especially, yeah, if you're doing the, if you're like, oh, I, 
I have to account siphon as my, you know, first action so that I can chuck tags. You know, I can shuck the tags with my next couple of actions. Well, now I get to keep two more of the the creds. But still, yeah, how many tags? Right now, I just don't remove that many tags over the course of the game. And I have to have the networking right when I'm getting the tags. Right. I mean, yeah, again, I feel like the the problem with networking is just tags in general, from what I've seen, either you're completely allergic to the tag, you never get a tag, or you get giant pile of tags and you stop caring, or they're playing tag and bag, in which case, basically they do sea scorch, sea source, scorched earth, scorched earth, to finish you off, there's no chance for you to try to strip the tag back off. Yeah, which is why, really, the, the other thing with that is that the much better meta card against tagging is decoy. Because right. that can stop you from getting tagged on their turn. Right. Yeah, again, another real impediment to networking actually making it again. So I, I don't think that that will actually make it in now. But we were talking about noise and viruses. Sorry, no, no new viruses for your noise deck. But you do get Surge to give you even more viruses, although... Oh yeah, so Surge is so awesome with Parasite. It's it's hilarious. Cause, Destroy uh, target ice. Pretty much, yeah. Because I mean, so often the corp will be like, "Okay, I'll let that sit until it's a turn away from death, then purge virus counters." Surge doesn't let them get away with that anymore. Yeah. Well, and the other not just virus deck thing that I could see doing with Surge is that there are decks that. I don't really think they're optimal, but there are texts that are like really Crypsis focused. Yeah. That you know, like the to, to the point the, that the, Crypsis is you know the only ice yeah, in my deck. Yeah, that's what I'm running. Is Crip, Crypsis and a single Yog just because he's stupid? But yeah, <laughs> Crypsis is my main breaker. Just to yeah, because memory becomes an issue. Yeah. And yeah, Surge is great for that too. Now Xanadu. Uh. I don't know, if you get it right away, what do you think? Xanadu is one of the, yeah, I mean, it, it needs to be played early because it's boosting res cost. Actually, one of the places I most like it, and you can put it in because it's only two faction cost, is Criminal, because they can flip ice down and flip it back up. Also, that really wonky wizard vamp deck would love Xanadu, because now that's even less that they need to drain out of the corpse coffers to have their bomb run. <laughs> yeah, I can... I mean, I guess there's lots of things that are bad yeah. late, but early on, you are going to come out come out ahead on resources. The corp is going to at least have to flip three ice, but if all you do is... or four, I mean, if all they ever do is that, that's not that exciting. It could produce some interesting early... It would be more exciting if you were criminal... This would be very exciting, actually, first turn out of Criminal, it could be, because you can throw out Xanadu and then face plant into R&D, and then at that point, they unless they actually got the two cheap ice and hedge fund start, there's no way they can res both of right. those pieces of ice. Well, I mean, they could do Ice Wall and uh, what one of the three costers, but yeah, uh, yeah, as a first turn drop, it becomes much less likely that they'll be able to keep you out of both servers. Yeah, but again, it's so situational. 
to get it back. is, but it, this is a game of economy, and Xanadu is a card that over the long term will drastically hurt your economy. It's the same thing as the pad campaign, but in reverse, where if you get it early and it gets left alone, it can, at the end of the game, make all the difference. Yes, but it's worse than pad campaign, right? Yes, because it's offensive instead of you gaining, and also because it's unique instead of uh, having three copies sit yeah. out there. Well, I mean, I guess I guess an upside is that they can't they can't trash it, but it's expensive to pass pad games. The big thing I think is that pad campaign, if you drop it, every single turn you're gonna you get something out of it until they trash it. And right. whereas with Xanadu, the core generally is resing less than one piece of ice per turn over the course of the game, so you don't get as much out of it and it also is something it, it is a reason for you to not get tagged like it actually now it matters that you randomly got that tag because it's a resource that you want to stay around long term that can get trashed true now in addition to those the shapers did pick up three cards including a cloud i remember you saying that you wanted to see more cloud programs i do yes and I mean, that's basically what I expect for the cloud breakers is they're significantly less efficient at the benefit of not having memory cost, which means you can run much more interesting rigs. I, I don't know if right now shapers really need the memory, but I, I mean, some of the previews we've seen out of the shaper bioroid box set make me think that they might have a lot of uses for memory coming up. So being able to run a cloud suite could be pretty beneficial. Yeah, well, and I hear there's this... Isn't there some sort of stupid button program that uh, yeah. us two MU, I, I may recall, right? The people put, yeah, there, there, so. there's, yes, there's the stupid button, but the <laughs> stupid button still lets you run a full suite out of Chaos Theory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but can you have a full suite and that obnoxious femme fatale that you brought in off of your... Test run. I was just tinkering. Yeah. Trying uh, let's see. Now then there's quality time, which I shall dub Super Diesel. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't know if the three cost is worth the three extra cards often enough, because, I mean, so many times you'll just be pitching a, a good chunk of those. Well, two extra At, cards, right? Oh, yeah, two extra cards. But on on the other hand, there are certainly times where it's worth three credits to completely refill your hand. Yeah, I if I have to choose, I, and I could be, it could very easily be wrong. But if I have to choose between diesel and quality time, I just like diesel better. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, quality time is worse economy. Yeah, I mean, I think what it comes down to is in shaper, I'm gonna run diesel. But because quality time has one less faction cost, yeah. there are going to be other faction decks where it's worth it to me to have the slightly worse card, but to free up some more influence. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, yeah, I, I think, yeah, for criminal, I had diesel. Yeah. Now that is that, you know, oh, look, quality time. Right. Because you can play a play set of quality time for less influence than a pair of diesel. Yeah. Yeah. And then the final. Shaper card is Replicator, which I think that other people like. Other people seemed excited about. I kind of looked at it and was a bit puzzled. 
but I I like it. I just feel like it needs at least one more good or at least cheap hardware for you to really be a deck about it. Because I mean, you've got the replicator, you've got the rabbit hole, which already tutors itself. Uh-huh. You've got the cyber feeder. You've got your console, which you don't need another a extra copy of, and that's pretty much it for hardware. That's not quite, in my mind, not quite enough to do it. Yeah, I mean, and part of what you're doing is just deck thinning. I mean, right? You right. Could, usually you have two copies of a cons of your console in, so you can always just get another copy of yeah. your console. You can right get it out of your deck. Yeah, just get it out of your deck. When you play your first replicator, you get to go get the second replicator, which I guess you can install, and then I draw one of something, and I get to go get the other two, but partially that's just, oh, now I've I've deck-thinned a little bit. Here's a little bit more padding for when right. I take and net damage, or just I don't have to worry about drawing this later. But, again, there's, yeah, that doesn't seem like it would make it in no, to I mean, me. Uh, yeah, I especially feel like right now. Af- after Cyber Feeder, my interest in hardware to use the replicator with drops off really quickly. I mean, maybe pers- Personal Touch is the only other one that I'm still putting in decks already that I would want to go hunt out with a replicator. But at the same time, again, we're, we're looking at that run the, the Shaper HB box set that will probably have some interesting hardware, so this could very easily become a power card once it gets some more hardware supporting it. Let's see. On the this set is uneven in favor of the runners with eleven runner cards, so there's two neutral runner cards. Katie Jones and Kraken. Kraken looks more exciting, except you know, that just never seems to work out. No, no, I, I really don't like the Kraken. Uh, at costing money, having to be played on on a turn after you've made a run and that run has to be successful. And your own—I mean, trashing ice is huge. Don't get me wrong. It's enormous. But the limitations you've put around that are—I yeah. mean, it's not like, oh, I randomly top decked off of R and D. Let's get rid of your uh, advanced fort's main ice that's actually keeping me out of your advanced fort. It, yeah, it's just—you just gotta wait too long until you have to hit that agenda. But I mean. Running early in the turn, I don't think is that much of a limitation. That's it's, oh no, it's not. You should be running yeah. early in the turn. Yeah, run on my first time, action so I can draw up if I need to. Right. I mean, at the same time, part of the reason you should be running on early on your turn is because you should have other things to do after the run. Yeah, it's not really the after the having to play it after the run. It's having to play it after a successful run, which you just can't guarantee. Hey, look. If it was successful run, this would be money. I mean... Oh, yeah, after you steal an agenda. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I misspoke. Now, Katie, I've seen showing up. She seems like a... I'm, oh, God, I'm blanking on the name of the card I'm comparing it to. Broker? Ar- Armitage Code Busting. Yes. Is what it is comparable to to, to, to me. I... Well, I mean, it's it's Broker from the original game. Uh, well, I don't remember the original game well enough to remember specific cards other than Rock is Strong. Paper is good. No, but R- Rock is Strong was the name of Richard Garfield's uh, magic team. Ah. That was a thing. So 
that was one of that was why that ended up as a uh, as a Netrunner card. Rock is strong, but how long do you have to keep piling credits on Ms. Jones to be worth it? Uh, I mean, somebody broke down the math and it was like four turns to be one of the more efficient ones. Personally, if you're planning to do it this way, you have to be super allergic to tags. But my preferred method for using her is in nearly every game I've played in, you get to that point where there's obvious game point on the board. You need as much cash as you can to get into that last server. And so if you've been every turn or even every other turn throughout the game loading up Katie, that can be gain 20 bits. Now, if you can't get into whatever that emergency server is, you've lost the game anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, if you if you consider her time frame to be an intermediate, like something like five, then you're getting 12 off of her at the cost of six clicks and two creds up front, so you're basically netting four creds off of her? Something like that. Well, I mean, right, because that's... I put her out, that's one click. Over that turn, and for the three turns after that, I put three on. On the fifth turn, I pulled 12 off, so I'm up 10 credits at the cost of six clicks. Yeah. And the way the way I usually figure out is that, okay, every click is worth it. I can always just use that to pull a credit. So I figure that, you know, that's a profit of four creds. Or something. I, which, and like, Armitage Code Busting comes out as a five at that, because it takes you seven clicks. And right. know, it, take, it takes you seven clicks and one to play it, so it also comes out as a four. So Katie Jones, over five turns, is the same profit as Armitage Code Busting. So, but yeah, on Armitage, you don't have the ability to, to just kind of let it pile up and then pull it all out at once. But on the other hand, you don't have to invest. You don't have to just keep on investing in it when you don't for nothing right now. I don't know. Right. It, it, it is very much delayed gratification and yeah, if, if you misjudge, you could easily be like, oh, I've got 40 credits on there and I just lost the game. Yeah, but I know I, I think she will be playable because incremental economy advantage is playable. Oh yeah, I mean, that's, so, that's the yeah. name of the game. Yeah. Uh, at least in my opinion, economy is the name of this game. Yeah, so I'm not sure how much that helped Shaper because quality times seem to be better out of faction than in. But it helps the link. The criminal got the most raw stuff, and they were probably the most popular. I, I don't know. Yeah, Gabe was probably the most popular, so I guess this is right. at least a different sort of thing, even if it helps the criminal. On the the corpse side, I think Haas Bioroid is still heavily, you know, by a definite chunk, the most played corp, even though, obviously, they're tagging Partially because uh, HB fast advance is really good. Right. I mean, again, this is a game of economy, and I think if you look at the corps, HB has the best economy. Well, they're, they're also the most straightforward of the corps to be playing, so... Well, the HB fast advance isn't really either of those things. It's not a incremental economy game and it's not a true and it's not the the uncomplicated thing but eve campaign 
is definitely another uh good good old HB style long term economy. Right. Really you're comparing it to Adonis, right? Yeah, I mean you you have to. It's it's more credits, takes longer to get out, slightly more for the runner to be getting rid of. You get eleven credits over the course of eight turns instead of eight credits over the course of four turns, right? Yep. So the higher trash cost does matter some. Especially once you get like halfway through the Eve campaign, she gets really unattractive to to trash at that point. You still can. I pay five to stop you from getting eight, another eight, but still. Eve will get played. So, again, incremental economy advantages. Rework will not. That's just way, 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 way too narrow to expend a deck slot on. Yeah, no. This is one of those that, if it had been an asset, I would love. So, like, every so often, oh, what's this? I've got, like, 12 agendas. Let's get rid of some of them. But, yeah, just a one-shot operation, I'm not going to put in my deck in the hopes that I get it at the right time. Yeah, well, because that's... Same same problem I had with Sunset. Well, and that's really what you're... What do you do with rework other than, oh, God, I have too many agendas in my hand. Let me shuffle one back in. And at that point, aren't you just, like... Half the time, it would be like, wouldn't you just be better off drawing a piece of ice? Uh, Well, I mean... Or, I mean, you either want economy because you have ice and you can't pay for it, or right. I mean, you don't have ice, so you just play with one of those. Right. I mean, there there are some situations. It's one of those cards. There are some situations where I could see rework being really handy, but those are such weird edge cases that I wouldn't want to put in my deck for those. Like my opening hand after Mulligan is an agenda, no ice, or one piece of ice to put in front of R and D and some random other things, I could rework the agenda away, so who cares that my hand is undefended, but uh, again, there's such weird small corner cases that I'm not going to put the card in my deck just for that. Well, I'm not even sure how much you get in that weird small corner case. I mean, what if rework was just another piece of ice? I mean, make rework another piece of cheap ice, and then you've actually got the ice, now you've got the pieces of ice to need to uh, or, you know, it's... Yeah, I guess there's... You you probably already have all the fast economy you can get in there, but because there just isn't a lot. But, I don't know. Yeah, regardless, yeah, not, not completely unplayable. No, yeah. I mean, maybe if it was something like draw a card, shuffle a card in, it would be playable. Even that's iffy, but yeah, as it is, no. But anyhow, uh, it's not, so... It's not, so no. <laughs> uh, yes, on... Uh, I guess my... My favorite one, even though it's not my deck, because, you know, I, I want to play a better deck. Jinteki starts off with Whirlpool, which I'm also going to put in the unplayable category. Uh, I wish it were unplayable. It's If you are playing the killer Jinteki deck, you almost have to do it. That subroutine is what Jinte- the Jinteki kill deck wants. You can't You can't get Jack out of this. You are taking this chum neural katana to the face, but but exploding? Uh, no. And, well, yeah. The well, 
Being, it doesn't even being, matter that much if it's not exploding because in future they're going to know what's going on. But it's just too situational, right? right. Well, just describe. I have to already have a neural katana and a chum and a, you know. Well, I mean, it's I've built up this killer fort. I want to make sure it kills. Be that neural katana, be that chum, be that wall of thorns, be that even a nicely advanced project gene bug. I want you to die here is why you're playing it. But yes, it's another piece of Jinteki ice that is positional and I, and does not stop the runner. Yeah. And I am sick of getting Jinteki ice <laughs> is positional and or does not stop the runner. It's the opposite of stopping the runner or won't yes. let the runner stop. But it, it's not just that it's positional. It doesn't just have to be on the outside. You really want it to be on the outside of a fort that has derezzed ice that you can afford to res because if the runner knows what all the ice in your server is, they're not going to run on it unless they can get past it. So flipping up at the whirlpool at that point is nothing. No. Yeah. It really needs to be like the I have neural katana and then chum and then the whirlpool, but like the chum is face down, so they don't know about it or whatever. It, you right. know, it's well, I mean. There, there's also the advantage of the multi-advanced June bug is the other nice place to see it. But yeah, that's it's another one of those cards that at the right position can be huge, but that position where it's huge is such a small slice of the game. I mean, it would suck to get no, to get this in your opening hand. Do people usually jack out before they hit your Project June bugs? Because if the runner decides, if if they think it's a trap, they just don't run. I mean, how often does the runner True. run? And then I guess if they run and you're like, oh, I just don't bother resing my ice, then they might choose to jack out. So you could just be like, I flip up my whirlpool. I don't have to pay for the... Now that's even more ridiculously situational. That's never going to come up. Anyhow, no, so that's yeah. unplayable. Now, I like better... I like Hokusai Grid. Because... Yeah. You have to run on my servers. If you never successfully run on my server, well, I win anyway. Right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's one I love putting that. Uh, I love putting that on on R and D because a good Genteki deck, the runner needs to be running R and D to minimize their chance of hitting trap. So making them take some damage for doing that anyway is hilarious. You're going to have to run on my deck. You're probably going to want to run a hand at some point. You, there's going to be an advanced server you want to try to run on. But yeah, it, really, it's the worst case, you pay two to make them take one net damage, and they pay four. It's a little bit of economy, if nothing else. Because if they choose not to trash it, <laughs> they can't just keep on plowing into R&D and getting punched in the face for one every turn. That's I mean, I guess they can, and just continuing to draw up, but then it's enormously great economy. Oh, right. That actually does seem like it's uh, uh, got something functional. Right, and I mean, it's fun. It's like, oh, it's on R&D, they get in there, they hit Hakusai Grid, and then they hit the snare, and they had planned for the snare, but that one extra damage puts you over the top. Yeah. Not that Hakusai is enough to drastically change Jinteki's fortunes, but I think that that is a upgrade in there somewhere for them. It, it is an upgrade, but I, I still feel that Jinteki suffers from the problem that they have neither infection economy nor infection 
real stopper ice outside of one or two. So they have to spend their influence points on both of those things, uh-huh. which, I mean, at, at that point, you're just not getting as much as you need. No, no, you're not. Let's see. Then there's NBN, which I believe is, is that usually what people, people usually run the tag and bag out of Wayland. So I think yeah, NBN uh, is another, is probably the third most played of the four factions yeah. right now. Pretty much, yeah. And you've got another upgrade. There's lots of upgrades in this in this data pack. Bernice Mai, who actually is kind of like Hokusai Grid. She's free. They come in. You get to do her effect at least once. Right. Every time they run on that server, they have to pay five to, or three to trash her, or they're going to take a tag every time they run on the server, or they you know, hemorrhage tons of cash to, or, or they have to pay five to kill her. I guess if they've got a bunch of link, you're, that's kind of lousy. Right, but at the same time, trace five is a, a reasonable trace amount, especially in NBN when you can make that a seven such that even a healthy amount of link, you're still probably going to land it or bankrupt them to stop it. Yeah. I go back and forth for the tagging bag deck of liking her, disliking her. I mean, on, on the... On the one hand, NBN already has plenty of ways to make a trace to give a tag. But on the other hand, this is one of the few that, by not being ice, they can't just ice break past it. Yeah. So if they're foolish enough to run on their last click... Your worst cases are, other than the, okay, they have five link on the table or something outlandish like that, your worst cases are they have to spend three to five to break the trace and destroy her, in which case you've just traded her for three to five credits. Right. Or they pay nothing, they take the tag, and then it costs them five credits to trash her and then shake in an action to shake the tag. Which isn't amazing, but again, there's there's potential there. You know, you're sucking money out of them. Right, I mean, you, you've gotten rid of five bits out of their pool, and if they don't have five bits, maybe you've kept her, maybe you've lost her, but they've still got the tag. Yeah, and she's free, which is a good price. Things that I can just throw into my onto my servers that don't cost me anything. Lots of ice is good, but I do have to actually pay for I can only pay for so much of it. So Right. And again, if they're foolish enough to run on the last click, because it's not an, a subroutine, they can't break it. That trace is going to happen, which means you could actually get them with a tag and then nuke them from orbit. Yes, if if they, you know, I mean, chose they to run it and, they and not, not leave themselves action left. But if, if they're, they're foolish runners, they're desperate runners, they will run on the last click or run in a position that they don't have the cash to uh, get rid of the trace. NBN has infection red herrings too. The combination of those two will likely leave, leave them too too poor to actually get rid of the tag. Yeah. Now, the other NBN card is less impressive. Data I, I, Hound. I actually like the Data Hound. I'm 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 trying it in my deck right now. It's the only non-stopper ice that I've got. But at one cost, 
with the potential to kill cards out of the opponent's deck. Yeah. Yeah. It, there certainly are key cards. We talk about program, right? Killing programs is right. about if, the nastiest thing you can do. Well, if you've got that one barrier you were relying on and I get the chance to smash it, that... I mean, yeah, if you can get lucky enough to hit the one icebreaker they're going to see with that, he he can be awesome. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, even short of that, uh, there are always interesting cards that you can trash that the make the so the runner doesn't get to see them. You can get rid of their console. Maybe they've got a personal workshop coming up. Not anymore. Yeah. Well, I I think that the ice thing is your biggest thing because failure to have the right icebreaker can be the game. And totally. and the downside is if you're not winning the trace by a reasonable amount, then right, you're probably only going to look at a, like a card or two. The card or two. Yeah. And if you're only looking at a card, well. Now you're just milling random cards off the top of their deck. Who cares? So that's part of the thing. Is as soon as the runner has any link, this is bad. Right. And you've got enough traces that you're doing in NBN, probably probably don't even want to invest your free creds in this one. Probably some other trace somewhere in the in the, the fort that's more important, don't you think? I mean, I don't know. You're the NBN guy really depends on the game situation. I'm playing a weird MBN deck. Data Hound is... I No, Data Hound and TMI are the only traces I'm doing in that deck right now. There you go. Yeah. Speaking of traces and tagging, <laughs> let's go over to Wayland, which got Salvage, which... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but these keep getting worse and worse. <laughs> you had Ice Wall and Hadrian's Wall, which were awesome. <laughs> then you had, was Hatchet the name of it? The Axe? What, what was the name know. of that one? That was, eh? That, that's cute? This is just unplayable. I mean, even if you didn't have to invest some advancement counters on it, that's not a good ability. <laughs> Trace two for a tag, no stopping power whatsoever, and it's a zero strength code gate. If it were a four or a six strength code gate, I could see putting it in just to mock the Yogg player, but it's a zero strength code gate. Yogg laughs at your 37 advancement counters on it. He laughs and he laughs. Ah. Now, the other Wayland card is, of course, an upgrade. Like Bernice Mai for the, uh, for NBN, you've got Simone Diego. Another Sysop. Two recurring credits, which you can use to advance cards in or protecting this server. I'd like her not. I don't. I don't like her. I. I, I don't dislike her, but I feel like she's for the advanced economy deck, which, because they keep giving that deck horrible ice like salvage, is not a deck. It, yeah, and, and you have to be consistently taking your turns to be... Right. Like, I, mean, I on my turn, I advance ice, and it has to be ice on this server. You right, know, how many times can I advance that ice wall? 
Right. It, like I said, with the, 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 it's the same problem as the identity. It's not the financial cost that's draining for advancing the ice. It's the click cost. If Simone was once per turn pay a credit to advance a piece of ice on this server, amazing. But just having paying four for two recurring credits that you're probably not going to get too much use out of, eh. T- to be fair, though, with Ice Walls and Hadrian's, advancing them matters. Because you could make it prohibitively expensive for the runner to get into your advance for it just on a well-advanced Ice Wall. Yeah. If you do, just put out an ice wall, and then, like, every turn you spend a click and the free bit off of Wayland to advance it, when you get into the end game, it's going to cost them way too much to be getting into there regularly. Hey, if you have Simone on that fortress, you could just use three clicks and no creds every turn, right? <laughs> right. And then when you get an agenda... You can use two clicks and no creds to uh, slowly advance it. <laughs> the problem is that just isn't a deck. That, uh, is, that isn't how the game works right now. So No, it's not. But the final card in this is Foxfire. Neutral, you get to do a Trace 7 and trash a virtual resource or a link. I just don't feel like there's enough interest. I mean, there's some, but there's just not enough interesting targets for that to go in right now. Yeah, so that makes me want to be like, how many virtual resources are there anyway? I mean, a handful. It's much more interesting for trashing Link if you're playing the tag in bag to have this a couple turns before you try to tag before you try to tag them to take out some of their link, and at a trace 7, even if they've got a nice smattering of link, you can probably get this through. Yeah, and yeah, you get to choose when it goes out. There are three virtual resources. Ice Carver, the Helpful AI, and Xanadu. Yeah. The link cards are Access to Global Sec, Compromised Employee, Dyson Memchip, Rabbit Hole. Helpful AI is also... <laughs> A I can double trash it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, that's a very, very, and it's not that those things never get played, but that's a pretty lousy target selection right now. Right. Well, I mean, pretty also, lousy. if I was paying enough attention, which I may not have been, other than Rabbit Hole, those are all resources. So if you could just get them tagged, you can trash it for two anyway. Yes. Well, yeah, because the other one is by definition the resource virtuals. So. Yes. Well, that is all the cards from Humanity's Shadow. Our short little talking about 20 cards is extended for far longer than it really should have. Eh. Uh, <laughs> but hey, there's another uh, Netrunner Regionals coming up in a couple weeks here, right? Uh, I believe so, yes. Sure you're going over to that. Some of these cards will probably appear in decks there. Yes. Not knowledge. <laughs> Yeah, so hopefully after regionals... We'll have more nonsense to jibber-jabber about. Okay, so hopefully after the next regionals, we'll uh, we'll have that and we'll get future-proof and talk about it a little bit faster. So it could be meaningful what we talk about at our... That doesn't sound like us. It doesn't, but you never know. I mean... <sighs> uh, first, time, first time for everything, I suppose. Indeed. But until then... For Jay Earl, I'm Chris Stevenson. You've been listening to Strange Assembly. 
You can check out more Netrunner and other tabletop gaming content at strangeassembly.com or by visiting us on Facebook or Twitter. Just search for Strange Assembly. Until then, happy hacking.